I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into the Landry Football Podcast Network. This is the Landry Football Podcast. And it's always good to be with you. And we are... um, got a special podcast today we're going to talk about something that we have discussed before but we're going to take it into a different tone and it's about hiring coaches the coaching hiring process we are in coaching hiring season we have um already a few openings and there are plenty of uh openings that are going to take place in the college and certainly a little bit later you're going to see those openings take place in the nfl and We've had some controversial decisions, uh, at least in the eyes of some, about who's a candidate at maybe a certain job and the level of experience. And we had it come to the forefront in the NFL with the the very much talked about hiring of an inexperienced um, coach, Jeff Saturday, uh, who's never coached, rather, to become a head coach. So we're going to get into that. And it's all brought to you today about the great folks at Wondery, and I can't wait to tell you about it. It involves former NFL star Ryan Shazier, and uh, it's about his new podcast, Don't Call It a Comeback, and uh, boy, really excited about that. Um, how are you going to be able to listen to that <clears throat> take part uh, in uh, learning some of the great things that they've got uh, scheduled? But I do want to get into the topic, and I want to talk about it in, in a in a sense, from a practical matter. For those of you that are maybe not as familiar with my background as a longtime coach uh, at the high school level, briefly, then at the college level, recruiting coordinator at the college level, uh, in the NFL as a coach, as a scout, as a scouting director, a number of different jobs um, in the front office in coaching that required different responsibilities, different skill sets, different experiences. And what I want to say is is not uh, to the for the purpose of saying that I don't respect certain people and their rights and their talents and their skills and their potential ability to be successful in any endeavor. I, I think that with the proper uh, work, determination, effort, and skills, there are a lot of people that can be successful in a lot of areas. But experience does matter. And I think that every profession is a little different. And I think that how much you know about 
the nuts and bolts about what you do may differ from industry to industry. I can't speak for that. My whole life has been spent in the business of football, in the business of football coaching, scouting, a lot of different things um, in administration that are all different skill sets and are all different responsibilities. And so when I explain this, it is not to pass judgment on anyone, not to say that they're not capable, not to say that this is rocket science and that you have to be somebody special to do it, that not everybody can do it. Not It is just to understand what coaching is and what the responsibilities are. And one of the things that I want to address is, well, it doesn't matter if they can coach. If they're a leader, then you can hire other people to coach. Folks, if you are hiring a head coach and that coach doesn't have the experience, you can't lead. You can't lead a staff if you've never done that job. You can't lead properly. You can be a figurehead uh, and just occupy a space and a title. But you can only lead if you can help the people on your staff to become better at their jobs. It is no different than, in I think, in most professions, but no different in um, somebody who's never scouted running a scouting department. Well, how are you going to train scouts if you've never scouted yourself? How are you going to make decisions if you don't know how to evaluate yourself to just have a title? It's nonsensical. Experience matters. The reason why it matters is that you can know the sport of football from some avenue, playing, coaching, even if you want a great player, but it takes a long process to learn, not because you're learning like in a classroom setting, but you're learning through experience. If you haven't spent years coaching, you haven't developed that skill, then you don't know how to lead and coach and direct and help other coaches coach and hire good coaches. See, leading is not making a speech and sounding good in a soundbite. That's not leading. That's not coaching. That's very superficial. It has very little to do with anything. And if you look at the experience, it is not about paying your dues because you got to be part of some sort of club. This is not a, well, we're going to put you through, what do they do in fraternities, sororities, where they call it rush or whatever. It's nothing about that. If you're qualified to do the job, then you're qualified to do the job. The whole point is you can't be qualified to do a job that you've never done. You know, figurehead head coaches that have no background in coaching at this level, have no understanding of what you have to do on a day-to-day basis. And look, first-time head coaches who are experienced for years and years as a position coach, as a coordinator, they have a tough time adjusting. And that's because 
There are things that you're not going to know until you've been a head coach. But here's what you have to understand and why coordinators have traditionally been the best head coaching hires when they get their hire the first time. Because everybody that becomes a head coach has been an assistant coach before, unless you're dealing with some of these rare circumstances um, that we're talking about. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The reason why coordinators have enough experience to maybe take that step is because when you're a coordinator, you're like a mini head coach on that side of the ball. You do a lot of the things that a head coach has to do on a smaller scale. It is a good next step to becoming a head coach. I I don't think there's any way, for example, right now, maybe the hottest coach and the hottest program in college football is Kirby Smart. I recommended Kirby Smart as a graduate assistant to Nick Saban. He was dynamic. He was a good young, he's a young guy. Yes, he was a lot of energy and he can do it, but he had no experience. He learned his way, like Nick Saban learned his way as a graduate assistant at Kent State and moving on and on. It's not paying your dues for paying your dues sake. This is not some kind of a club, an exclusive club that you lock people out. It's about the real life experiences of doing the job matter. Because once you get to that position, you not only have to do things You have to lead by showing and helping. If you're head coach, I have been involved in coaching searches now for 20 plus years. And I tell everyone, and I'll tell you the same thing. Tell everyone that's in the coaching search, uh, that, that is involved in the coaching search. If your head coach is not the best coach on your staff, you got a problem. Because what happens underneath is the assistant coaches don't respect the head coach if that guy is not good at what he does. Well, it's not that 
somebody is just not good is if they've never done it, there's no level of respect that you can have. Now, you can see certain situations where uh, there have been figurehead head coaches, but they delegate, but they have had success in coaching in most cases, not every case. There's some cases where that's not, and those rarely if ever work out. But because you've had experience as a, as a position coach and maybe a specialist on one side of the ball or very good at a certain aspect, then that will absolutely be a, a point of reference that every coach will look up to that head coach and respect what he knows, expect where he's come from, and expects not only the authority, which you can respect the title, you can respect the position, but what is important is that you respect the acumen and the qualifications of the coach. And if you don't do it, it doesn't work. You don't trust, you don't see it. I, I can tell you, for example, <clears throat> let me give you a recent example of a guy that's had success, but it fell apart. Ed Orgeron at LSU. Ed Orgeron had been an assistant coach for years and years and years and years. He never really was a coordinator because he was never someone that was really bright enough to put fronts and coverages together. And he didn't have a real good understanding of that. He was a good recruiter. And he got his guys, for the most part, to play hard on the defensive line. He had had experience working with other defensive line coaches, namely Pete Jenkins, where he learned something about teaching technique. And he was pretty good at that. <clears throat> Not great, <clears throat> but pretty good. When he got the job at LSU, he didn't have early success. He didn't have success but with the one year at LSU. And that's when he got Joe Burrow, <clears throat> and they had a really good – players on that offensive staff, and Joe Burrow, basically, more than anybody, was the leader of that team. He was the guy that got the players together for workouts, ran the, uh, the, the locker room, and it worked. Okay. Great fit, everyone said. No. Slow your roll there, because is it sustainable? Ed is a much more qualified coach than any of these guys that's never done it. But I knew Ed had not had the qualities to be a good head coach. So therefore, lack the discipline, lack the organization, lack the big picture focus. All he did was recruit. All he did was kind of talk a good game. And the problem on the staff, he had many problems on the staff. Why? The staff members didn't respect him. Now, you had guys like Bo Pelini that um, fought him and they butted heads. You had uh, guys like Matt Canada that fought him, butted heads. Yet a guy like Dave Aranda was very quiet, very cerebral, would be very respectful. But when he left the room, he... Dave went and did what he needed to do and knew that Ed wouldn't know the difference anyway because he knew that Ed didn't know what he was talking about. So he did what he needed to do. But the point is, if Dave needed some guidance or help, who's he going to go to? He was the top of the food chain on the defensive side because the head coach didn't know any better. And the head coach wasn't really good at that. 
So he was absent of a great head coach leader type. And that's a void. You only have one head coach. If that guy can't be someone that your staff looks up to and respects, you got a problem. It's not that well, they won't work hard for him. It's not that. I mean, if you got somebody that doesn't, won't work hard, then you don't want them in your building anyway. But if you don't have the respect, if you don't believe that, that their ideas are worth considering or you don't know where to go to get that advice and leadership because everybody needs it, that's a real problem. So for the people that say, well, just go ahead and hire the figurehead guy and hire great coordinators, how the hell are you going to hire great coordinators? They're not going to want to work for someone that they don't think is half as good as they are. That's the problem. That's what you have to focus in on. I want to get into more of it, but I want to tell you about the great folks at Wondery. And they call it, don't call it a comeback. Former NFL star Ryan Chazier wants to make something clear. When doctors told him he would never walk again after a devastating on-field injury, it wouldn't be his last play. For Ryan, miraculously walking back onto the football field was his only option. Because the one thing that odds don't account for is the will to overcome. Don't Call It a Comeback is a new podcast from Wondery, co-hosted by Ryan Chazier, a former Pro Bowl linebacker, along with Dave Damachek, a former fantasy analyst on the NFL Network. Don't Call It a Comeback covers the greatest comeback stories from the past week in sports. Stories like Albert Pujols' resurgence to join the 700 Club and major cultural moments like Rihanna heading line the Super Bowl halftime show. Fourth and goal with seconds left. This podcast is your weekly reminder that it ain't over till it's over. And who doesn't love an upset from the underdog nobody saw coming? This is a great idea and a great podcast from somebody that I scouted, respected a great deal, saw him emerge as an outstanding player, and then really suffered like everyone to watch what happened to him. But knowing how hard he worked and the internal character and drive, I'm not surprised that he's gone on to great success. And this is great. Follow Don't Call It a Comeback on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. That's W-N-D-E-R-Y app. Don't Call It a Comeback. Check it out today. In the coaching profession, there is a lot of the, well, you better do this and you better go through this this, this, this uh, process. Um, and a lot of people think, well, that's all school. You don't have to do that. Well, the people that do that, quite frankly, and I heard a couple guys I was on with that are ex-players that, you know, I think they like coaching. Or I think they like coaching because they're on air on ESPN and they talk football and they watch tape. And there's an old saying, you don't know what you don't know. They watch tape the way they watch tape as a player. And they know enough to be able to make it sound pretty good on TV or radio. They have no clue what it's like to coach. Watching film as a coach is completely different. Uh, I learned that. When I started coaching, 
I went from player to coach, and it was different. As I grew up and learned, I had had experience in college. I was part of, um, in five years, three conference championships in the SEC, very successful recruiting coordinator and coach in college. Went into the NFL and, and at that point had a lot of success and was sought after by a few schools and few NFL teams. Went into the NFL, working for Bill Belichick, and in the interview, I was grilled about a number of different things and passed it with flying colors. I told them what I knew. I asked every question, had the answers in a long, which was a 14-hour interview broken up by a very short lunch break. Yet when I started working and got the job, I completely had to learn a different way of doing it. A Things that I didn't see and didn't know you don't know what you don't know until you get in that position. There's a lot of things. Because you've played football and because you're successful in teaching football, maybe to youngsters or what have you, teaching how you did it and what you did, that's fine. That's not all there is. You've, there are different ways to teach it. There are different systems. There are different styles. Not every player is going to be able to do what you did, how you did it. It's like a teacher. You may know your topic cold, but what is your ability to teach it to someone else? How does other people learn? Can you teach another system? Do you, how do you, you can't teach another system if you've never done another system. Why do you teach it a certain way? How do you teach it? What do you look for in film? I'll give you two examples of people that I work with. You will recognize their names because they're both in the Hall of Fame. I, at different times in different organizations, shared space, office space, with Ozzie Newsom, a great Alabama wide receiver, NFL tight end, the Cleveland Browns, and Mike Munchak, great offensive lineman, offensive guard for the Houston Oilers, both in the Hall of Fame. Both of them got into coaching. Before Ozzie got into player personnel, he wanted to get into coaching, and he did it. He was lost when he had to look at film and break down film for Bill Belichick. I couldn't because I worked with him. I learned, and because I had experience in coaching, I picked up what Bill Belichick wanted quicker because of the coaching experience that I had. Um, I was a little older. So I was able to do that. With Ozzy, it was foreign to him. Now, you think, this guy's a Hall of Famer. He can, he can, of course, he's seen everything. No, you haven't. How to break down, how exactly to look at defenses in a different way than he's ever had to do it before. He was lost. He learned because he was humble, he worked hard, and he did a really good job. When he went into personnel, he had to learn a whole different process how to evaluate receivers and tight ends. He didn't know. He's a Hall of Famer, but because he was a Hall of Famer and he knew how to play it and he knew what to do what he was at when he was asked to do it, he didn't know anything about how to properly evaluate a tight end. He could look at a guy athletically, but did he understand what he was doing, why he was doing it that way, why he reacted to a certain coverage, to a certain blocking scheme? 
No, because if it was not something that he was familiar doing, he didn't know. And he had to learn that. But he was humble enough, hardworking enough to do it. Mike Munchak wanted to be an offensive line coach. When I'm telling you, as good a technician as a player you're ever going to see is Mike Munchak. Going to be a great offensive line coach. Absolutely. But, but when he first got there, he didn't get the offensive line job first. He got there and he was put in quality control. Because just because you're a great offensive lineman, he didn't understand how to teach other offensive linemen that maybe couldn't do it the way he did it. Just because he could teach good technique, which he did help with as a quality control guy, but he had no understanding of blocking schemes that were foreign to him. He, as defensive fronts start to change versus what he saw as an offensive lineman, he didn't know how to block it, what to do. He was lost, like we say, like a ball in, in high weeds. He was lost. It's not that he's not smart, not that he wasn't brilliant. It just was something new that he needed to learn. Through experience, he did it, and he did it, and he became one of the one of the very best offensive line coaches in the league. But had he been thrown into that situation initially, it would have been unfair to him and unproductive for him because he would have been swimming trying to understand way too much. It is a process. You can't get a college degree or a high school diploma in a couple of weeks. I mean, to, to get an education, it takes a long time. I think you probably can get a diploma, these high school diplomas or equivalencies and all that. You can do that in a short course. So I don't mean that. But if you're going to have an education through the you, it takes time. you got to go through it and learn. And it doesn't mean it has to be years and years and years and years. But if it's not then you are limited by your experiences. It, the, the more experiences you have, the more capable you are to handle a number of things and to learn how to adapt, to learn how to adjust. Because coaching is about adapt, adaptation. It's about ability to see things, understand things, adjust to things. And if you don't have the experience in doing it, you don't know how to adjust when it comes to you. Not to mention all the administrative and over far-reaching things that you have to deal with as a head coach. You might be a great natural leader. You might be able to go and be on a speaker tour and all of that. But that doesn't mean that you can command a room long enough because you can run out of speeches pretty quickly. The players need to know that you know what you're talking about. It's kind of like a player. If a quarterback goes into the huddle and he says, shut up, I'm calling the play, listen. If the guy doesn't know what he's doing, if he doesn't know what to call, he doesn't make, he doesn't know how to make adjustments at the line of scrimmage, they're not going to listen. They're not going to respect him. They're, they're going to always try to say, try to help him because he's not doing it right or just blowing him off, and then you got chaos. You earn respect in the huddle as a quarterback when you know that offense better than anybody in that huddle, and you say, shut the bleep up, 
this is what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Let's go. That's when you earn respect. It is no different as a coach. If you haven't done it, if you don't have the experience, you can't rely on anything that you've done. You can't earn respect by saying, I played here, or I played at this school, or I played on this organization. I'm friends with the owner, whatever the case may be. That is not something that's going to hold weight for the long haul. Oh, you might have some initial success that really has nothing to do with the head coach. It has to do with maybe the shakeup and you just make a couple of lineup changes and boom, you have instant success. That's not sustainable because that's not the job. The job is day in, day out, game in, game out, season in, season out, off season. How do you handle this situation? How do you deal with it? If you have to have somebody that holds your hand to do the job, who's going to do that? There is no one that can do that for you, that has that experience to the level that you need. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Therein lies the problem. It is not about the good old boys club. It is not about, well, it's not rocket science. Anybody can do it. We can have success. Yada, yada, yada. That's not what it's about. It's about the experience that you gather, the knowledge that you gather for how to deal with every situation that is so important. You might say, well, you know, guy's a great offensive coach and he hands the defense over to a defensive guy. Yeah, but here's the thing. If the offensive, if the coach runs the offense, there is no one that knows defenses better than that offensive coach. So the defensive coordinator may be working for an offensive head coach, but he can always go to that offensive, that head coach who's an offensive coach and get a feel for, what do you think about this? What type of trouble do you think this will give them? So on and so forth. Should we do more of this, less of that? All of those things are collaborative because it doesn't matter whether you're from the offensive or defensive side. You are integrated into both, all three facets of the game, actually, offense, defense, and special teams. So the ability to bring about good communication and dialogue is important. But if you can't have a dialogue with a head coach because he really doesn't bring anything to the table, well, then what's the point? You know, anybody can go do a press conference. Anybody can do can, you know, just clap your hands and say, let's do this. And somebody in your headset, let's say, let's go for two. Let's do that. Anybody can do that as a figurehead. But no one, very few people, unless you have the experience, really, you can't be a real decision maker or a heavy lifter in the process, which is really important. The only people that think, that anybody could do this or the people that's never done it. You don't know what you don't know. So people in the media, 
maybe some ex-players that want to get into coaching that um, say it like it's no big deal. That's because they would like to be, you know, um, coaches without having to do the work. It doesn't work that way. Okay. You're not qualified to make a decision. You're not qualified to coach a team just because you play quarterback or you played offensive line. You're not qualified unless you have the experience, and I know, and I've seen you do it, and handle situations. It is not about whether a Jeff Saturday or Deion Sanders or anybody else might have or not have the qualifications to be a good coach. A lot of guys, and I work with them, have the passion, the love of the game, and the work ethic to to really be a good coach. But because they love it and they work hard and they were a really good player, that doesn't make them a good coach immediately. What they have to do is go learn how to coach. They have to learn how to do it. It is no different than a player who has all sorts of athletic ability. You still have to know how to play the game. You still need to understand what to do. Now, you can certainly use athleticism and create advantages, but you still minimally have to know what to do. And then you have to learn and grow from there. If you're a coach, you got to know a whole lot more than a player is going to ever know. Okay, because there's a whole lot of things that you don't necessarily bog the player's mind with that you just give them the Cliff Notes versions of what they need to do. And you don't need to have to tell them why on everything because that might confuse it. It takes a long time to learn that. Just because you're a good student in the class does not necessarily mean you can teach it. You're learning because you're getting told information. Okay, you can regurgitate that information and you can sound very good about teaching that, but there are a million circumstances that take place in meetings, in practices, in games, that it is not important to know what it is you need to know. It's important to understand how to unearth the process of learning how to do different things in a different way and to teach it a different way. And if you don't learn it through a thorough nature long enough, you're not going to have the ability to do it well. You know, there are other businesses that are that way. Uh, People who are managers of a Walmart or someplace, you might have great ability, but there's a reason why that they hire from within. Because if you don't know how Walmart operates, it doesn't matter how Kmart operated or whatever. Um, If you're going to run a McDonald's, you don't know. It's not going to be how they do it at another place. But if you learn and grow and you have the skills and you put in the time to learn from the bottom how everything works, it's important. So, look, if you're a head coach and you got to help a quality control coach or help a defensive coordinator or a position coach, how the hell are you going to do that if you've never done it yourself? The answer is you don't. So now you've handicapped your staff relative to another staff that has a guy that can do that. It's a philosophy that I've had. I never wanted someone that works as a scout for me that didn't have coaching experience. 
because coaching experience is essential to understand the basic concepts of scouting. But coaches have to be taught how to scout because it's different. Yet, there are things that are going to be easier for them to understand because they've come from a coaching background. And that's important. Those are different experiences that you pull together. That makes a strong staff. Having somebody that thinks scouting is about this guy's a first rounder and I think this ought to be the top guy. Who the flip cares what you think? Do you know how to evaluate? Okay. Scouting is not about projecting who the best players in the draft are going to be. That's not scouting. That's just gathering information and having talking points. Coaching is not about saying, well, I like this play. I like this formation. I like this setup. That ain't what it's about. It's about how do you teach it? Okay, you want to know how to run something? You got to learn how to teach it. Then you know. Then you know everything there is. Every step, every process, A to Z, and back again. If you don't know it well enough, and you can't teach it, then you're going to have trouble. And look, you might be an offensive line coach that ascends all the way to being a head coach. You're going to understand how defensive linemen react. You may not have as much expertise in coverages or route concepts, but you understand certain things, how protection affects the depth of routes and the ability of depth of routes. Those things matter. That's why putting a staff together and putting people together that can help one another grow and work as a coaching team is important. And if the guy at the top doesn't have experience, it is, I think, a setup for failure because the ability, if you've never coached, to evaluate who's a good coach, it's not there. People think they know what a good coach is just like they think they know what a good player is. They have no clue. They're just guessing. They're just repeating what other people think and say. They don't know because they, they equate a certain success and affix it to a certain person or a player or a coach. They don't know who does what. They don't know who knows what. It takes somebody that's inside the building, inside the business to know who does what and why. How do you teach it? How do you grow? Those are the people that are the best at evaluating others that are similar to what they do and then can teach them how to do it. If you've never done it, you can't identify those folks because you don't know yourself what's really good or not. You may think you do, but you don't. Um, So those are my thoughts. Those are my feelings on it. I appreciate the fact that everybody may have taken the time to listen. To the details of things. I do think that there is something to the criticism about it. It does, it is a slap in the face to some uh, ex, uh, to, to some coaches who have maybe put in their dues in the league and haven't gotten their opportunities. I agree with that. But still, I, I maintain this whole conversation was strictly about qualifications and the ability to do a good job. And the ability to do a good job Again, people are misguided. Jeff Saturday won last week against the Raiders. He could win the rest of the year. It doesn't mean that he's going to be qualified to do this job or that he's had 
uh, a heavy impact on whether they win or not. Um, Cadillac Williams beating uh, Jimbo Fisher. Well, he doesn't have experience. Look at he outcoached him. Really, you're going to say that a guy who's having an awful year, you're going to use that as the bar, and you're going to extrapolate that over out of a career. I think Cadillac Williams. I think Jeff Saturday could be outstanding coaches in time if they learned it from the grassroots level. A lot of guys because they don't learn it from the grassroots level, are never going to be solid enough as a foundation to withstand the tough times and the tough issues, because you're going to always have them. And the other thing I would say in conclusion is that guys that want the the easy road, they want to get the coordinator job. They want to get this or that without doing the work. I'm, I'm leery of those guys. I'm leery of those guys. I don't think it would happen. Look, I'm going to tell you something. Peyton Manning wouldn't be qualified to coach the coach uh, the, to coach the Colts. Um, hell, I would uh, not be comfortable right away for him being a quarterback coach of the Colts. I, I think there are things that he would need to learn about coaching that's different than hey, he just called his plays and he understood offenses. That is not coaching. Okay, that's a different concept. And I'm going to tell you something about Peyton Manning. He would not want, he would not have accepted that job because I think he understands that there's a whole lot he doesn't know about coaching. So I'm not criticizing Jeff Saturday for taking the job. He wanted to do it. It's an opportunity for him. But I do wonder a little bit about if you're not willing to go in and learn from the ground level and become a guy that can learn it like you're supposed to learn it, where you're going to have a good foundation then I wonder, are you going to be the guy that's going to be long haul for this business? Meaning you're taking shortcuts. I think that's a other thing to keep in mind. Hey, I appreciate you joining us uh, again. We appreciate uh, um, you giving us an ear and uh, we hope you enjoy the games this weekend. We'll be back for another edition of the Landry Football Podcast next week. So make sure that you check it out. Um, we've got uh, some more thoughts about the great folks uh, at Wondery. And remember to uh, check out Ryan Shazier's new uh, podcast. Uh, Follow Don't Call It a a Comeback on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. Hey, have a great one, everybody, uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.